0: Hello, hello, everyone. It's Shawnee here. And I am back with another episode of the Aligned and Well podcast. Today, I have a really interesting interview. Um, It's going to be geared towards any of you out there who consider yourself as highly sensitive. Um, And it's just going to be a really cool conversation around hacking our minds, hacking our subconscious minds and leveraging being a highly sensitive person. And I'm bringing in a really awesome guest today. Her name is Karen Titan. She is a mind hacker and advisor and a mentor based in Sweden. Um, Karen has this almost supernatural ability to understand and hack the mechanics behind people's subconscious patterns and create new and better strategies for them to be able to live their lives to the fullest. So she is a multi award winning coach. She's active in over 25 countries. And she is one of Europe's sharpest in her field. So I am so pumped to bring her on and have her interview with me today. I hope you guys get a lot out of this conversation. And if you are someone who considers yourself a highly sensitive person and want to get some some practical tips on how to change up your thinking, how to hack your mind, this is the perfect episode for you to listen to. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Hi, friends. My name is Sean Arsenault but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer. And I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics, and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Karen, I am so excited to have you on my podcast today. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your afternoon to be here. Of course, I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Well, I really love the topic that we're talking about today, um, just because it's something that I identify as myself as a highly sensitive person. But before we dive into all of that, can you um, share with me and my listeners what what is it that you do? What do you bring to the world? What kind of work
1: do you do? Uh, absolutely, I work with mind hacking. So what I do basically is that I, I, I knew very when I started to work on myself, mm-hmm. um, I found out that in order to change my thoughts and my emotions and some behaviors that I didn't like, I have to reach down to the subconscious mind because there in the subconscious mind it's a huge library and yeah. there you have all the rules of the game yeah so in order to kind of hack this subconscious mind you need to go very deep so i work with hypnosis and i also work with emdr so yeah. what i do is i try to help people to to kind of you know hack all these old not very positive patterns yeah. And to change them into new, productive ones,
0: mm, that is so interesting. And I love that you call that um mind hacking that is um that's essentially what it is. you know we we and we have the the ability as human beings to do that, to rewire our neurological pathways. And so, um, one of the things I was really curious about is how did you get into this kind of work? You know, you talked a little bit about, doing work on yourself. Can you uh, share a little bit more about your healing journey as a wellness professional?
1: Absolutely. So to make it short, I am a a trauma and a PTSD survivor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was born into a very dysfunctional family with a narcissistic father Mm -hmm. and a very emotionally absent mother. Mm -hmm. So I learned really early to Kind of take care of myself mm-hmm. and all my emotions. Uh, I couldn't trust people, I couldn't trust my parents to help me. And uh they were also religious. So there was a lot of both neglect and abuse and a lot of shaming going on. Uh, yeah. And of course, I was a highly sensitive child, uh, which wasn't a good combination at all. Mm-hmm. So uh when I became around 35 everything caught up to me. So I become depressed and I had no idea why I was depressed because on paper I had everything. I had a beautiful boyfriend. I had a nice job. Everything was okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started to, to, to read a little bit about depression and I understood that I had to start working on myself. Mm-hmm. So at 35, I started to work on myself. And on that journey, I found out that the subconscious mind, you really have to work with that one. Mm-hmm. And also along the way, I found that it's so interesting about the human mind, mm-hmm. how it works. And I learned so much about myself. So it kind of just naturally evolved to. To um, a desire to become a person who helped other people to find themselves and and find a good path in life. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I love that. And when we're younger and when we're experiencing all of these things that uh, we're trying to work through. One of the my favorite things about interviewing healers and interviewing people who help other people is that there's always a personal story. There's always some strong connection that we have to the people that we help because we've gone through it ourselves, right? Yeah. Um,
1: I used yeah. I used to say that uh, one of my skills is that since I've been in the dark caves myself, yeah, uh, I can take my client by the hand and help them walk into their own deep, dark caves. I'm not afraid. Uh, I provide uh, security for them, encouragement. And th- that they get a feeling that they really, really trust me because I've been there. So I yeah. can tell them that it's not that dangerous. Uh, I will help you. I will shine a light on it. And I promise you that you can get out of this mm-hmm. if you want to. So uh, I kind of... I think that that safety and that security feel with me is because I've been there and I've done it. Yeah, and yeah. I
0: survived. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like a, a walking, um, you know, pr- you're walking proof that the modalities that you use, the modalities that you use to help other people work, because you've done it. Yeah. Um, could you uh, could you describe some of the modalities that helped you personally? Whenever you were trying to heal, wow!
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I know it's a loaded th- question, th- probably. Yeah. Uh,
1: no. Well, I I think more in line of um, how much time do we have? Because <laughs> I think I've tried them all. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. But I think about a human being as a chair standing on four, you know, legs. Right. So we have the. The emotionally, the mentally, the physically, and the spiritually. Mm-hmm. So, I work with everything. So, I work with hypnosis. First, I didn't start with that because hypnosis for me was something you did on stage, yeah. you know, jumping around, barking like a dog or something. So, I didn't believe right. it in at all. So, I started with talking therapy, but I noticed that it didn't work for me yeah. because I was too much up in my head and I protected myself very much. I was very guarded. Mm-hmm. So, I started. And more with a therapist from bottom up, Okay. you know, a, a bit of somatic works, sure. breath work, and, and things like that, that open up my body. And then finally yeah. my mind. And after that, I tried hypnosis, which was really, really good for me. I've tried EMDR. I tried spiritual things like healing. So I've done a lot of different modalities. What I have done since I'm highly sensitive, yeah. I learned how to listen to my inner you know, GPS. Yeah. So, so every time I feel that something is making me curious, or I feel like, mm, I think I should try this. There is some kind of attraction to it. Um, yeah. I try it out and often it gives me a lot of good things. And then I do it for a while. And then I suddenly I feel, no, I've done this. Now it's time to try something else. So I kind of just following my highly sensitive GPS and it shows me what's it's needed to be done. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Okay. I love that. There's so many little things that I want to get into there, but one of one of the biggest things that jumped out at me was calling your high sensitivity as a GPS. And I know for me personally, whenever I have, you know, whenever I realized that I was highly sensitive, I used to think of it as something that made me weak. And I feel like a lot of people who are highly sensitive can also relate to that. So what is your perspective? Like, how were you able to shift the perspective in using your high sensitivity as something to guide you rather than something that makes you weak or something's wrong with you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people think of highly sensitive people as a delicate flower of some sort. Yeah. And I said, no, it doesn't have to be like that at all. Yeah. But I think that all qualities can be a strength
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or a weakness depending on when you use them, how you use them, Uh, so I think that of course, being highly sensitive can be maybe not a a weakness, but it could be damaging to you if you don't, if you're not aware of it and how to use it and when, because people can use you, but it can also be a strength. So for me personally, one of my biggest strengths when I'm working with clients is that i am a big lie detector
0: and I, <laughs> yeah. can, I
1: can spot a lie from mile away yeah and even if the client is not consciously lying but you know they don't really know the answer or they yeah. try to hide the answer for themselves so I'm like a bloodhound. I'm really good at you yeah. know, sniffing up what's the real problem is. And that's really, really good because it shorten the amount of sessions that I need to do with my clients because I don't have to seek and trial and error a lot it it very quickly i can say okay you are presenting me with a problem mm-hmm. but the cause of the problem is not the thing you the thing you think it is right. it's something over at the other side maybe and we can quite quickly go over there and find a good solution yeah so i think that highly sensitive for me is my strongest skill that i have in my line of work
0: Yeah, Because
1: I can notice all these little bits of information and signals that needs attention in order to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge strength. Yeah.
0: Yes, I totally agree, especially in the realm of helping other people and helping other people heal being highly sensitive almost means like you have like a very um, intense intuition to where you can pick up on other people and understand, okay, there's something deeper here. We need to go deeper. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to harness something that, you know, some people can think of as a weakness and some, and it can manifest as something that um, can be damaging, like you said, but utilizing it as a strength too. So I love that.
1: Yeah. And I also think it's really important to, to also tell people that are not coaches or therapists that using this very strong and direct intuition, you can use it anywhere in life. Yeah. So as a private person, uh, when I'm not working, I'm using it as kind of a navigator Mm -hmm. to make choices easier uh, to avoid when there is some danger, like some people are maybe not good for me, or I need to avoid things. I just sense that, oh, I shouldn't go there. I should not be- befriend that person. Uh, this is the best choice. So even if you're not helping people as a trade, you can still use it as a, um, you know, as a private person, but you can also use it in your work. If you are a If you're at your work and you work as a project manager or something, you can be really good at spotting, you know, the whole timeline for the project, what to do, when to do it, what are the possibilities in this project or where are are the risks, because you can see from different angles. It's almost that people could tell you, how did you know? Are you psychic or something? (laughs) So you can use it like in any area of life, really. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh. I think it can be a really useful skill, like you said, to to just be able to be aware of of that if you have it, you know. Um, So uh, one of the other things that you said while you were kind of describing the modalities that helped you mm-hmm. is um is your work in hypnosis and yeah. I want to hear a little bit more because kind of like what you said, you, there are a lot of people who don't believe in it who thought it was just like some kind of like gimmick and it's kind of like a taboo yeah. type of thing. So can you talk about your experience with hypnosis and also like the practice that you um, that you do with your clients in hypnosis?
1: Yeah. So if to make it very simple that the brain has different brain waves and they move in different paces. So we have beta waves that are a little bit faster. So right now you and I, we are in beta. We are attentive. Uh, we are not stressed, but we're a little bit on the edge because we're really focused on our conversation. Right. And then you have, um, alpha waves -hmm. Uh, When you are a little bit like watching TV or walking in nature or meditating, relaxing a bit, reading Mm -hmm. a good book. Yeah. And then you have theta, and theta is a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. It means a little bit of a deeper meditation. It could be hypnosis. Mm -hmm. It could be when you are extremely focused on something. So, and you are really creative. And then you have delta, that's when you are sleeping. Mm So, hypnosis is kind of between alpha and theta it's when your brain waves slow down a little bit mm-hmm. the whole nervous system slow down a little bit yeah and what happens then is that your mind gets on fire mm-hmm. because in that alpha or preferably uh, theta state you mm-hmm. are very very suggestible to Find new answers to find oh. new pathways in life. Yeah. Uh, you are very um solution-oriented, you are very yeah. creative, you you have much easier time to shift your um perspective on things instead of seeing the world in and from one perspective, you can change it. And when you change your perspective, everything changes. Yeah. So it's kind of just harnessing the power of the mind a little bit better. So what I do is that I just take four or five minutes to kind of have a guided meditation, um, to kind of get them to relax a bit. And then I don't do very much more because, um, you know, when you become very, secure about yourself and your skill, you don't need to do a lot of things, right? So it's just that you, you kind of just transfer your calm energy to the client. They feel it and they kind of relax. And after that, we talk for an hour. Mm -hmm. So we often talk on a very, very deep level that I help the client to answer spontaneously not using the logic yeah. but more using the real words that they have within wow. themselves
0: yeah. using
1: their own wisdom their own clarity so because often when we have our answers they are when they are logical answers mm-hmm. they are often quite um we have thought about them for a long time yeah uh they are kind of constructed in a way that sounds good. Yeah.
0: So I'm more habitual, interested- right? Like, yes,
1: yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. So I'm more interested in the spontaneous answers that is just deep down there. and, and, clients often say, oh, wow, <laughs> what did I say? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do I think that? So it's kind of quite revealing on a deeper level, what they think about themselves and the world. And then we try to, I often use some kind of timeline because often the problem they are presenting to me started when they were younger. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I like, I think it was Aristotle that said that, give me a child before the age of seven and I will give you the man. Ah, yeah. So, so he knew that before seven years old, a lot of the rules are already there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe 80 or 90% of people when I work with them they they move back before the age of seven when I work with them. Yeah, and there ha- there are experiences and there are lessons and events that happened that made an impact on them that made them view the the world or themselves or their skills or their worth or their safety yeah. in a certain way. So we go back there, and what I try to do is kind of helping them to just shift the perspective. Yeah to see themselves or the problem or the situation in another way. Because when you can do that, they often find a good solution within themselves. So instead of me applying a solution saying, this is what you should do. And so I I, I kind of ask their own intelligence within themselves, and they often find an answer. And after that, we kind of wrap it up. And often they get some kind of to-do list when they go go home, because even if they say that, oh, now I can see my worth or I don't have to be afraid to speak in front of people anymore uh, because like uh, uh, my coworkers will not laugh at me like they did in first grade, they still have to expose themselves a little bit. Yeah. They still have to train a couple of times to do it to feel secure because the first time they're doing it after our session, they often feel a little bit like Bambi on ice. <laughs> yeah, so they feel a little bit, oh, I don't know. Is it going to work? I don't know. Karen said it, it feels like it's going to work, but I'm not sure. Right. So they need proof. Yeah. So after a couple of times they did it, what they were afraid of or what they couldn't do before, suddenly they kind of get more courage and they do yeah. it again and they do it again. And then suddenly, yeah, it kind of gets integrated on a deeper level that what we talked about and what they learned and what they saw within themselves, suddenly they can also notice it practically in the world and that makes yeah. them feel very confident and and very proud of themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like almost like they are giving themselves evidence of what's really inside, you know, and it's so cool to hear you talk about that and how you integrate hypnosis into your work. And yeah, I again with the hacking the mind, I think that is a the perfect phrase for it because really, you know, our brain is so it's, it's so rewireable, you know, we talk about yeah. that, that concept of neuroplasticity and there are some, you know, I didn't quite really understand what it meant at first, whenever I had first heard it. And the more I practice practices like that on myself, I can see, mm-hmm. like, I can actually change the way that I think. And then I can actually, that changing our thoughts also has, um, has a really great, way of manifesting and changing the way that we feel and then changing the actions that we take. And that kind of just cascades into the rest of our life. So that is really cool that, that your work kind of gives people that full circle kind of process.
1: Yeah. And I think the best way is for people to find their own answers and their own solutions because they feel much more Authentic and true to them than if I applied it on them. And I often encourage them also to use like bottom up therapy as well, you know, working with the body in some way, because it's not only the mind that is affected by our traumas or our negative um, events when we were younger. It can also get stuck in the body, like, you know, really uh tense shoulders or mm-hmm. headaches or something else so yeah. um it's just that it's such a huge area so i can't work with everything yeah <laughs> but but i do really often recommend them to do something with the body as well because it i would l- love them to see that it's a whole system that you are a whole system yeah. and you can work with the system from different angles and that's good when you're highly sensitive because often you feel what is needed and what is right for you what's the next step you're going to do you you have this strong gps
0: yeah yes yeah. absolutely i'm wondering what what do you see are the main problems or main struggles that highly sensitive people have in um you know in kind of changing their changing their life changing their perspective where do you see them struggle the most?
1: First of all, uh, there's a lot of people that don't even know that they are highly sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So when they come to me, they say, they I have anxiety. I feel very lonely. I feel different. Um And they have all this kind of negative feel. I'm sensitive. I Mm -hmm. cry easily. So they think that they are weak, that they are different, and they are strange and everything. So when I teach them about being a highly sensitive, what it means and what their strengths are, they get really happy. They go, oh, my God, I didn't know that. And I don't have to feel so bad anymore. I don't have to. And and being different, it's, it's a good thing. Because I'm the scout in the pack. So it's a really uh, good thing to be. And I talk to them about their inner GPS, the intuition and everything. So yeah. that's the first thing I do. I teach them about that. It's a really a good thing. And I teach them how they kind of, uh, how they function. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big release. And then uh, the other thing that they have a huge problem with is often mm, boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they feel a lot of feelings. They feel other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. They are very empathic. They are very good people. So um, a lot of other people sometimes crossing their boundaries, using them, or they the person themselves can't feel the difference between their own feelings or other feelings. Yeah. So if they're in a room with a lot of people, who doesn't feel very good. Or people who are stressed out, they can feel it and they're mistaking it for their own feelings. Yeah. So knowing the separation, what is mine and what feelings or emotions are other people's? Yeah. It's the boundaries. So what is really important to understand about boundaries is that boundaries are for you. Yeah. They are not for other people.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Because other people will not always respect your boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so the boundaries are for you where you need to kind of tell yourself to you know put a boundary a foot down saying no what you want to do what you accept what you don't accept so the boundaries is really to for you protecting yourself because people will always try to cross your boundaries
0: yeah yeah uh,
1: and sometimes or quite often you you can't teach them Yeah. So it's better that you focusing that the boundaries are for me to tell myself and draw boundaries around myself for what is okay and not okay. Yeah. And that is extremely important for people who are highly sensitive and empaths Yeah. to do that. It's important for people Right. But extremely for, especially for highly sensitive and empathic people. Yeah. And the other thing is that sometimes when you have a hard time um, knowing if the emotions are yours or other people, what I do is that I ask myself, if I go into a room and suddenly I don't feel very well, I feel stressed, uh, I feel anxious. I'm feeling my mood going down. Yeah, I just ask myself, okay, are these emotions mine? And I get a clear yes or no from within.
0: Yeah, that's so. And if it's a
1: yes, then I have to work on myself. (laughs) Yeah. If it's no, that other people. It depends on where I am. Uh, I try to get out of there. Yeah. So if it's a party or something or a dinner I I sometimes excuse myself and go home a little bit earlier. Yeah. If I am travelling, uh I can often experience that this when I'm sitting in uh an airplane. Yeah. With a lot of stressed business people. Yeah. And I can feel their anxiety, I can feel their depression, I can feel their fear and their stress. Because it's like all this energy is captured in this little body of the plane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There, I can't leave. Right. So what I do is the moment I go out, I go to my hotel and I take a shower or I meditate. I do something to kind of ground myself again. And it Mm -hmm. depends on where I am, what I can do. Yeah. Something that is really, really good is standing barefoot on the ground. Yeah, yeah that is a really good to connect to yourself again. But sometimes in Sweden, you can't do that in the winter with all the snow. Oh yeah. But then I can take a shower that works for me. So you have to find what works for you when you notice. Know so first of all, ask yourself, everything I'm feeling right now, is it mine yeah. or not? Yeah. Train yourself to know the answer and then you have to act accordingly. Mm-hmm. And if it is a workplace, you have to think about maybe shifting your job, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. quit and take another job, yeah, not just you know stay there and endure right, because it will maybe crush you in the yeah. end, yeah,
0: yeah, I know I love how you talked about um you know the setting of boundaries and asking that simple question, like, are these emotions mine? Because I think as highly sensitive people, as empaths, Mm -hmm. for me, I know that I internalize a lot of other people's feelings and I take on a lot of other people's feelings and it can be, it can feel heavy, you know, it can feel heavy to, to take all of that on. And just being able to take a step back and put some space in between what you're feeling and what's actually inside. That's, that's a really huge, um, skill that i think is so useful for people who are empathic for people who are highly sensitive to um to master especially yeah. if um if it's affecting the way that they show up in the world you know
1: yeah and you have to find out what works for you yeah so because i noticed in the beginning i didn't know how to do it so i asked a lot of experts and coaches and <laughs> healers and they gave me a lot of different suggestions, like put a bubble of light around myself. That didn't work. Yeah <laughs> they said, "Do this, do that. And finally, I noticed, well, I have the answer within. So I have to find my way of grounding myself or yeah. to, like you said, to separate myself from other people's feelings. So it I experiment. that's the best thing you can do. It's experiment yeah. and notice that, oh, I'm calm now. Okay, what did I do that made me calm? Right. That made me forget about uh, the busy office or the crowded restaurant. What did I do? And then you just make a mental note of it. And then you know that, okay, okay, this is one way that Mm -hmm. I can separate myself. I can calm myself down and I can ground myself. And then after a while, you will have three, four, five, six different things you can do depending on situation and where you are that can help you.
0: Yeah, that just reminds me of like, you know, that, that aspect of the human experience of just being curious, being curious about like, what am I feeling? Why is it coming up? Where do I feel it in my body? How can I, how can I shift this feeling? And whenever something works, yeah, like continuing to like, put that into your mental toolbox too.
1: And daring to, to, to claim it that I need to do this. Because I have a, I have a quite a fun story. Yeah, Uh, I I had a woman, she was, um, she, she came to me she said, oh, I have so much trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't slept properly for about 15 or 20 years, something like that. So could you please help me? Because I feel I'm getting really tired. I've tried everything. And I immediately picked up on her that she was highly sensitive and she didn't Mm -hmm. know what that was. So I kind of asked her some questions that, do you do this? Do you react like this? And she said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, okay, you are highly sensitive. Oh, what's that? And I started to teach her. And then I said to her, okay, so when you are in bed, do you sleep alone or do you sleep with your partner? and she said well my husband we we share bed we have a big bed and we are both there and okay and i said okay how does that feel well it's quite disturbing because i wake up a lot of times just him breathing he's not snoring or anything the poor yeah. the poor man is just breathing and he's allowed to breathe right <laughs> and i said okay so i said to her do you know that some highly sensitive people cannot share bed with another one during wow. the night because they need the space they need to have space around them so if they have a partner or another person laying beside them they can feel that energy and they can't relax yeah and she said well, I didn't know that. So I've asked her, do you have a guest room? And she said, yeah, I do. So I said, okay, I want you to try to sleep in the guest room for two weeks. And then you come back to me with a response. And she came back, she said, oh, I've been sleeping like a baby. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. So then I said, well, there's your solution. You don't need years of therapy. You just need to have your own bed, your own room, and you can use the guest room and you can redecorate the guest room. So it feels like your boudoir or something, you know, a really nice uh, um, room for you. And then she started to say to me, no, I can't do that. And I said, why? Why? well, what will people say if I sleep in the guest room and my husband sleeps in our bedroom? And I said, okay, so when you have visitors over, do you tell them that you sleep in different rooms? Is that really necessary? Right. And she said, said, no, well, you're right. I don't have to do that. But what, what do I do when the kids come? And I said, it's the same thing. Yeah. Your kids are grown. You don't need to tell them, and if you want to, you can do it. But also, you can sleep in the in the bedroom when, when they are using the guest room, and when they leave, you can go back to your guest room again. Mm-hmm. And then, then finally, she said, "Yeah, but you know, I I don't know if I can do this because my husband doesn't like it because he thinks that a divorce is coming if I sleep in the guest room. Right? There's something right. wrong. Yeah." So, So I said to her, well, I'm going to tell you like this. If you haven't slept in 15 to 20 years, I guess that sometimes you are a bit cranky or irritated. So what if you tell him that he can get a wife that is really, you know, she slept a lot. She's really balanced. She she's joyful in her mood because she had the sleep she needed and everything. Yeah. So tell him about all the positive aspects that he will benefit from too, as well, when you sleep. And she said, "Well, now I don't have any more arguments. So I." I will do it.
0: <laughs> she was trying too. I can tell, like in your story, she was trying to find a way to get out.
1: Yeah. And I I think that that, that's also a problem with not just highly sensitive and empath, it's with humans a lot that I cannot do this. What will people say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I said, but what do you value most? What people say about you? Or do you really want to go to sleep? Because that's why you visited me. You want to have a good night's sleep. So I, I, I really had to teach her as well to not care about what other people said about her sleep, her sleeping arrangements, instead focusing on she could sleep and she could regain her joy and her energy and her focus and everything that she needed.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's like the typical, highly sensitive, like empath thing. There is like, you know, she, all of the resistance that she was having in that story that you just told was focused on other people like what are other people yeah. going to think what about the kids whenever they come home my husband's not going to like it but it yep. nothing was focused on her so i exactly. love that you were able to just like guide it back to okay well what what do you value do you value sleep like are you a better person a better wife a better mother whenever you have rest <laughs> so yeah that is just so interesting that and I, I i'm guilty of this as well as a highly sensitive person you know i am constantly aware and thinking about other people. And there's yeah. almost like this intense, like people pleasing tendency that I have. And I think a lot of highly sensitive people can relate to that too.
1: Yes. Because I think that when I work with people, I try to find out if you are a people pleaser, are you that because you've been Uh, As a child, there have been arguments or you've been afraid of if you don't obey your parents or did you get bullied in school? So you really need to feel safe. And in order to feel safe, you please people. That's one way. But the other way can be, like you said, that you're highly sensitive. So you're naturally very good at picking up signals from people, knowing how they feel and care about them. And that could go a little bit overboard as well so you have these boundaries and seeing what is good for you can in the long run also be good for other people yeah it's really important yeah
0: yeah for sure um i would love to know thank you for sharing that story by the way i think that's something that is going to really resonate with people because it just puts it in perspective like you know yeah. Even we can be really empathic. We can really care about other people, but when we're not taking care of ourselves, everything else just kind of like falls apart, you know? Yeah. And so everything has to just come back to how can I take care of myself so that I can show up in the most powerful way for other people? Yeah, um, exactly. For people who, um, who don't get the chance to work with you, what would you say are your top three like pieces of advice that you would give to like a highly sensitive person and empath to kind of leverage those traits as a strength and, and use it to thrive and not run around with like, you know, going crazy.
1: Yeah. First of all, I would say to that, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are just included in a group of about 20 20- people 20, 25% of the human population. Yeah. And uh, many, many, many years ago, um, we had a job. Mm -hmm. So our job in the pack was to notice when something shifted in order to keep the whole tribe safe. Yeah. So I used to take the example, thousands of years ago, you were living in nature in a little tribe. Mm -hmm. And in October... You are a scout, you're highly sensitive. So in October, October, you're telling the rest of the tribe that this year the winter will come early. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knows it but you because you've seen small, small, small changes in nature that is still not noticeable for other people. Yeah. But they trust you. Yeah. So they know that. So they collect food earlier and that winter it came earlier but they all survived yeah so if you say that there's nothing wrong with you but you are a scout and your job is to notice a lot of things that are not normal mm-hmm. in the in the surroundings in order to help people to realize that some danger is coming or we have to watch out for this so if we were using people the right way Today, in today's society, if we were using these highly sensitive people in the right way, we would use them in positions where they could foresee the future a bit. Yeah. What's coming in? What's over there? What is happening? What do we need to do in order to avoid this and that? Right. So we would be scouting out and see what is coming towards us. Yeah. But often we don't use them in that way. But I want you to to just see that you are not just a delicate, Flower, right uh, yeah, yeah. and the other thing is that use your sensitivity to navigate yeah. life and to be able to make the right choices, right, to be with the right people, yeah, accepting the right project or job because you know, yeah you know. Yep. So often, you know, and then you said, no, I don't have any facts, so I will still do it. And then afterwards, when it's, you know, going down the drain, afterwards, you, you're saying to yourself, oh, I had this strange feeling in my stomach from the beginning or in my heart or somewhere that this was, there was something there that wasn't right, but I didn't listen to it. Yeah. So I want you to 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 know if you're highly sensitive to use it yeah use absolutely. that gps because you do know even if you can't prove it yeah you do know and that gps is often 100% right yeah my gps has always been 100% right i don't Same. know if that's the case for everyone but it seems that it's a really high success rate on that yeah. one yeah yeah and last thing I would say is that uh advice is that being highly sensitive and an empath is actually a sign of emotional intelligence. Ah oh, yeah, and emotional intelligence will often make you more successful if you use it in the right way mm-hmm. because you are a better communicator, you understand yeah. all these hidden signals. You are better at resolving conflicts and to motivate people to, to join forces and help each other. Yeah. And you are really good at being creative and increase productivity. So mm-hmm. instead of seeing it as a weakness, see it as, as a, uh, evidence for emotional intelligence. And even I think UN is now saying that emotional intelligence is the future for companies. Yeah, You need emotional intelligence to thrive and to grow and to still be on the market in 20, 30 years. So evolve it, make it grow and use it in a very productive way.
0: Yeah. Oh, those were so good. I love that because I, I think that as a highly sensitive person, it can be it's it's not the first thing that comes to mind you know that i'm emotionally intelligent that i can communicate really well that i you know have the ability to like build community um really well and it's it's one of those things where for anyone out there who's highly sensitive i i love hearing those pieces of advice from you because they don't hear that enough. They don't hear, you know, the fact that there's nothing wrong with being highly sensitive. There's nothing wrong with being an empath. Um, and there are so many ways, so many ways we just talked about and that we can use it as a strength and as something to, um, to help us, you know, advance in our life and create, um, a life that's really fulfilling. So yeah. Karen, is there anything else that that I haven't touched on that you would like to share? No, I think okay. we are complete. I hope. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always like to ask that just in case. Like, if you did, you, aren't you an author as well?
1: Oh, yes. We could uh, briefly touch on that. So, I re released my book worldwide. Um, a while back, it's called mind hacking for rebels. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to be a little bit of a rebel uh, yeah. to, to, to change the world and change yourself. Yes. And I do like mind hacking because the word hacking is actually meaning to try to find a, uh, a better way to solve something in a different way. So a lot of like biohackers that working with the body is trying to find to maximize the body's potential in a little bit different way. So they're not waiting for scientific proof, they are testing on themselves.
0: Yeah. So mind yeah.
1: hacking is a little bit the same, not always using scientifically proven methods, but trying out what can we do here to change perspective. Yeah. So if you want to learn a little bit more how to, to be a rebel, how your subconscious mind works and a lot of small, very small, small mind hacks that you can use in everyday life to start to change your subconscious patterns and programs. Yeah. You can buy the book and it's, um, it's, um, on Amazon and it's, uh, Barnes and Nobles and Goodreads. Yeah. So you can buy it as an ebook or as a paperback.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I'll have that link in the show notes for people too. um, Okay, so I, I loved our conversation today. Thank you so much. I always like to end this um, interview process with the same question because this is the Aligned and Well podcast. For you, Karen, what does it mean to be truly aligned and well? Mm,
1: aligned and well. I think for me, it's to live from my heart mm-hmm. and aligned with my values. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm aligned and well. Yeah.
0: I know we talked about that a little earlier in the episode, Um, you know, figuring out what you truly value. And whenever you come from that place, everything else almost seems to just like fall right into place like a puzzle, you know?
1: Yeah. Because it's very important for your uh, confidence and also your self-esteem and your self-value. Because if you live by your values, yeah, you will feel proud of yourself. You yeah. will feel that you are a good person because you're honoring your values. Yeah. And when you are living uh, alongside your values and you feel proud and as a good person, that is really important because that is elevating your self-respect and your self-love and your self-value.
0: Yes, I totally, totally agree. Well, where can people find you? If people want to connect with you and kind of see what you're up to, where can we find you?
1: So the easiest way to find my website, karentiden.se uh, or .com. And uh, you hopefully have a link they can follow and uh, you will see a little Swedish flag and a little English flag. So if you click on the English flag, you have everything in English and there you can email me, ask questions, or you can book a session if you want to deep dive. And you can also find me on Instagram with my name, Karen Titan.
0: Awesome. Yes. I will have all of those linked in the show notes for any of you who want to check her out. Um, Thank you so much, Karen, for taking some time today to interview with me. This was a really amazing, um, amazing interview. I think people are going to
1: get a lot out of it. Cool. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, really awesome conversation with Karen. That was, um, that was really insightful um, for any of you who consider yourself a highly sensitive person. I really hope that you got a lot out of this conversation. Um, you know, for the longest time, I had felt like being highly sensitive was a weakness and something that, um, something that was wrong about me. And uh, it was just really cool to explore how it can be a strength in this episode with Karen and how to kind of um, hack your subconscious mind. It's really, it's really interesting that we have the capability, the power to do that. Um, So yeah, if you'd like to connect with Karen to follow her, I've put all of her info in the show notes. Um, And again, yeah, I hope this episode was really valuable to all of you. Uh, If you'd like to connect with me or work with me in some way, I do offer a handful of free discovery sessions every single month to people who are just looking to find more fulfillment and live a more aligned life. I also have a free community on Facebook called Heart Aligned Humans. Um, We are in there cultivating self-love, supporting each other in holistic wellness, and and just encouraging each other to create a life that is aligned with our hearts. So we would love to have you in the community. Please come hang out. Um, I would really love to hear your feedback, guys. If you're still listening, if you are, if you listened from the beginning and you love this podcast and you have not left a review yet, please do so. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. I'd love to know what more you would like to hear from me and what kind of, what kind of content y'all want to, um, y'all want to see on this podcast. If this episode resonated with you at all, subscribe to the podcast, take a screenshot of the episode, and don't forget to share it on social media and tag me. I'm at Nurse Coach Sean. Thank you so much, everyone. And as always, I am here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. Remember, when all is aligned, all is well. Thanks, guys.